Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. No man is an island, but I'm a castaway. We are back, as promised, with episode 23 of First Team All Podcast. This episode is bound to be a special one, as later on in the podcast, we will actually have a new guest onto the pod. Ooh, who could it be? Who could it be? I don't know. It's a surprise. You're going to have to wait and see. Uh, before we get into that, Gary and I did want to hop into some quick baseball, followed with some NBA basketball talk. Yeah, why don't we start off with your baseball team? The L.A. Dodgers, man, they have been cooking. They're 13-3 and three already, off to an amazing start. Yeah, they're looking great. I was a little worried about in farm and, and spring training. They didn't look super good, but, you know, we got all of our guys. Our rotation is going crazy. Uh, we actually just won the series 2-1 to one against the second best team in baseball, the Padres. Uh, man, there was a lot of altercations this weekend. I don't know if you saw any, but, man, Clayton Kershaw's getting getting at it, and that's something you don't usually see. Benches cleared both games. I don't know about the third one. But, man, this, this is looking maybe like a rivalry in the making. We are in the same division, so we are bound to see each other, I believe, 16 games left in the season. So I'm uh, definitely interested to see how, you know, how the rest of the season goes between these two teams. Yeah, it's always interesting when you get a pitcher uh, arguing. Uh, usually you see you know, a pitcher hits a guy, and that's usually what caused the altercation. But this one was definitely a little bit different with Kershaw uh, chirping back and forth. Uh, it, it was nice to see, uh, and, and I'm sure we're going to see some more action between these two teams throughout the season. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely clear that the Dodgers are the best team in the MLB currently. And, man, it, it feels great. I mean, obviously, I've spent the most of my time in, in pain and agony in the sports world. So I definitely paid my dues. And, and it, it might not be baseball that I wish my team was the best in, but they're definitely killing it right now. And I'm definitely happy and excited looking uh, forward to the rest of the season. Yeah, so going from a sport where your team's killing it to one where your team is not. Why don't we move on to some NBA talk? Uh, Saturday night, we had a beautiful showcase of Tatum leading the Celtics against Curry and the Warriors. Great game. Came down to 119-114 Celtics getting the dub. Tatum was balling as usual, dropping 44 in the dub. Uh, what did you What did you like most from that game? I, I just love the battle. And, I mean, Steph Curry right now, he dropped 47 in the loss, but he is absolutely cooking right now. Uh, he actually just tied Kobe Bryant for the most consecutive 30-point games at 10 uh, over the age of 33. So, you know, he, he's definitely coming towards the latter end of his prime. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think this is kind of like the best Steph Curry we've ever seen? Uh, so it's a little it's a little difficult because obviously they got no clay. Obviously, there were years where they had Durant. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is the, the least stacked his team's been since he's gotten to his prime, which I think might attribute to some of the numbers that we're seeing from him. Wiseman's now out. You, know, you got less and less guys who can put up numbers. But I mean, this man is cooking. I don't think it's going to matter much when Clay comes back. But, um, you know, I do think that that has to be a credit to some of the reason why he's just balling as much as he is. Yeah, I kind of take it back to when Draymond said uh, that the nine – Nine, ten, eight seeds don't motivate him. I think they just came off a pretty bad loss. And that was kind of a bad look for the Warriors. And I feel like Steph kind of took it onto his own, you know, accord to really turn his play up and kind of lead this team. I, I believe they're now sitting in the ninth seed about a game out of the eighth spot. Uh, I think Steph is looking to make a push here. And that kind of leads us into the next question. Do you think that if the Warriors can kind of sneak in, they can be a threat uh, at that later, that later seed? Um, so, I mean, let's just say they, they make it to the playing game. Uh, they end up being in, in what would have been the eight seed. So they're playing, uh, you know, one seeded. Who's that going to be? Jazz currently. One seeded Jazz. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think they win a couple games, maybe. Uh, you get Steph with a hot hand. You know, he puts up maybe 50 points in, in a game. 
but you know, beyond beyond a couple wins, I don't see them moving beyond the first round of the playoffs personally. Yeah, I definitely think it depends on health. I know I, I believe they think James Wiseman has been lost for the year, but a playoff, you know, playoff change could change that outlook. Uh, I think they're definitely gonna need more from Draymond Green if that's gonna be the case. Uh, I know there was talks about Clay and when he's going to be back. I don't think we see it this season. I'm just hoping that, you know, Clay can come back next season in full strength because this NBA is missing out on Clay Thompson. I know we kind of talked about it a couple of days. Like, I feel like the majority of the NBA world has just completely forgot about how great Clay Thompson was. At his prime, he was easily a top three shooting guard and he did things that, you know, we hadn't seen before in the NBA. There was a point where I thought Clay was actually a better three point shooter than Steph. So, I'm excited to get Clay back on the court. I hope he can, you know, spend this offseason, spend this season to get healthy and really come back right next season. Yeah, obviously recency bias. When you don't see a guy for that long, you you always tend to forget about how great he is. And I think the game is still moving uh, further towards more threes, more and more threes than it was, you know, a couple seasons ago. So I definitely think he's going to put up some crazy numbers uh, when he does eventually come back. Yeah, but on the other end for the Celtics, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Uh, obviously, last podcast in the podcast before we talked about how they were struggling and adding Evan Fournier was going to, you know, boost them. He hasn't done a ton, but, you know, uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have really taken over in these last 10 games. And it actually moved them into a tie spot in the fourth seed with the Atlanta Hawks, who are actually also eight and two in the last 10. I- I'm excited to see these guys playing this well in the East. I- it's definitely going to be exciting down to the wire to see kind of where the seeding sits. Yeah, they definitely stepped up their game. I think they were listening to our podcast or something, man. But these guys have definitely been on one. Uh, I know we did talk about off off podcast who we liked more between Celtics and Hawks. Uh, I would love to see them battle it out uh, in the first round of the playoffs. I think it'd be really, really exciting to see. Yeah, I'm dying to see Trey Young in the playoffs. Uh, I'm a huge Trey Young guy. I draft him in fantasy basketball. Not that I take it super seriously. I think it's probably one of the fan- worst fantasy sports, but. Uh, Trey Trey is a baller, man. So I'm definitely excited to see what he can do in the playoffs. So I'm hoping to see a really good series between the two of them or, you know, shift it up a little bit and see kind of who faces who. But I'm definitely excited to see both these teams in the playoffs, especially if they can continue to be hot moving into the postseason. Yeah, I agree totally. How about some injury update? Donovan Mitchell, uh, he did go down with an ankle injury the other night. Uh, Initially, it looked pretty bad. Uh, He was writhing in pain on the floor. Uh, but luckily, there was no structural damage. Looks like he's going to be out about a week or two. Uh, what do you think that's going to do as far as Utah? Do you think they stay at one seed and can ride the ship without him, or, or do you think things are going to be moving for them? I mean, the Suns are pushing up on them, but I think they really lucked out here. Like you said, Donovan Mitchell was in excruciating pain. I, I thought it could have been season-ending potentially. Uh, he was grabbing uh, the other team's hands. He was struggling to get up. He could put no pressure on it, and, you know – for those of us who have played sports, we've all been there. You roll your ankle, you come down on someone's foot. Like it's it's pretty bad. The pain is is excruciating most of the time, and it, it really depends. You know, I understand these guys are getting treatment day in and day out, nonstop. So it kind of enables their body to heal faster. But it's definitely good news to hear that he's only going to be out one to two weeks. Uh, I, I think they can definitely hold tight as they are a more team structured base. Uh, but one thing I wanted to talk about, do you think that he can be the guy for this first place Utah team and, and you know, really push them over the edge and, and get them a championship? They are the best record team in the NBA, so you would want to think that they're the best team, right? Oh, man, this is this is tough because you're, you're right. He, he is the number one guy on the number one team. Uh, I just think, you know, uh, it, it's hard because I just look at like a team like the Lakers who's had so many missing pieces, so many injuries. If they're all healthy, is Utah still the number one seed? I probably don't think so. Um, so I'm gonna go with no. I, I don't think he can lead them to a championship team. I think it's not because of his play. I just think there's so many other good teams in the West who haven't performed as good in the regular season as they have. 
Yeah, man, I, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. Like, I really appreciate his game, but he's realistically not even the best shooting guard. Maybe, maybe a top three, top five, maybe not even a top five in the West. So, I mean, you really look at that, and, and I don't think that he'll ever be the guy, at least in the foreseeable future, for Utah and push him over the hump. You'd love to see, like, a team like Utah who's really well-rounded uh, make it far in the playoffs because I think that could, you know, really elevate the NBA and show that you don't need a bunch of stars to win a chip. But I think right now how great the stars are in the NBA, the superstars – I don't think a team-oriented you know, team like the Utah Jazz can really get over the hump. I definitely think, like you alluded to, the Lakers healthier are a way better team than the Utah Jazz. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to see with some of the seeding with the Lakers. You know, Maybe they might see him in the second round. It might be something we'll, we'll have to look into when the playoffs get a little bit closer and we get a good playoff picture of, of some of the matchups. Yeah, so moving into Sunday afternoon, we had a great two games – uh, one in overtime and one came down to the end. Uh, the Heat versus the Brooklyn Nets. Bam Adebayo hit a game winner on the Brooklyn Nets uh, as time expired. After hitting the game winner, though, Bam ran and hopped onto the score table. I know you said earlier we're seeing that a lot. We saw that with uh, Jalen Suggs in, in uh, college basketball. You know, it, they're really channeling, the, channeling their inner Dwayne Wade. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if if there's someone's going to do it, uh, someone in a Heat uniform definitely looks the best. Um you know, it was it was great to see. Obviously, no one's going to be able to do it like D. Wade can. Uh, so as long as everyone's giving respect and know where they got it from, I'm cool with seeing people hopping up on scores table. But uh, my biggest thing is, is what's your thoughts on the Heat, man? Are, are they going to be making a late season push and, and really do something with the season? I know a lot of people were kind of off on the Heat with how they performed early on. Yeah, before we move to that, I, I have a topic, something I want to ask about game winners. Okay. Uh, I know I've hit a couple of game winners, maybe not like when they really, really matter just maybe casually in the gym. But uh, if, if you were in the NBA, let's say, and you hit a game winner, what's your go-to celebration? Are you playing it cool like D Rose? Are you jumping on, are you jumping on score tables? What do you think you're doing if you hit a game winner? All right. So this is solely going to depend upon am I home or am I on the road? I don't think it matters, man. Oh, you, it does. You it go does. crazy either way. No, if I'm at home, I'm getting into the crowd. I'm getting rowdy with, with my, with my fans. Now, if I'm on the road, you know, it is it is lights out, you know, putting the finger over the lips, quiet in the crowd, letting them know what's good. So it really does depend. If I'm on the road, I'm going D Rose. If I'm at home, I'm, I'm doing the D Wade. I'm getting up on top of the table. That's like my it. take. I like it. You know, watching the Kings play, we've had a couple of game winners over the last couple of seasons. I've seen a lot of times, you know, they run straight into the locker room. A lot of times they're on the road and, and they just run straight into the locker room. I don't like that, man. I, I, I might want to showboat a little bit. Maybe that's just who I am as a person, but. I honestly feel like I would love to hit a game winner more on the road than at home. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, just putting them to rest, man. You're not sending them home because you're going home, but you're sending those fans home disappointed. I've also been to a lot of Kings games where I've had game winners hit on on the Kings, and it's definitely a disappointing walk to the car, de- definitely a horrible car ride home, especially <laughs> when, you're with, when you're with other Kings fans, man. You're just sitting there in silence. You don't know what to say. But, yeah, I, I think I would go crazy. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm running around the court. I'm having my guys chase me. But then again, at the same time, like the mama mentality of me wants wants to just like hold it cool, you know, hit the dame, wave wave them yeah. goodbye. The D Rose just standing there. So I, I don't know. I, it's it's definitely something that I feel like you just feel in the moment and you kind of just let your body take over. Uh, yeah, I like to take. I, I think there's probably no wrong answer with what we've said, but I, I really do think you'd have to be in the moment to figure out which which one you would pick. Yeah, but back to your take, you were asking if if the Heat can really make another late season and, and postseason run this season. Uh, I'm not sure, man. I think the bubble definitely had something to play. And we talked about that, you know, 
last season, how, how the bubble really brought that Heat team together. Um, they have great chemistry. Right now they're struggling with their chemistry. They sit at 29 and 28. Uh, Jimmy's missed some games. Bam missed some games. They're, they're really struggling with injuries as well. I don't know if this is their season, man. I think the East is a little stronger this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we got in the playoffs and, and they and they surprised us and took out one of the more top elite teams. But right now, uh, I don't see them in the same pot, uh, same spot they were last season. Yeah, I agree. They're definitely not in the same position they were last year. Um, do I see them potentially, you know, being an underdog and winning the first series? I, I definitely could see that. Obviously, Jimmy Buckets, when it comes to playoff time, uh, he has shown that he can either lead by example and, and putting up big numbers, or he can really facilitate and get the guys around him to perform better. Uh, but I definitely don't see them anywhere near what they were last year. And I, and I think that's a good point. And I think it really comes down to Bam out of bio. I mean, we know what we're going to get from Jimmy Butler when it comes playoff time. Uh, he's kind of like Rajon Rondo. He's got another gear he kind of shifts into. But but Bam out of bio, man, I, I really think it's kind of leaning towards this becoming his team. I think that's what they wanted all along. So it's really just going to be dependent on on how many more steps he can take. Obviously, he's you know looks like a star already. To me, he kind of reminds me a little bit like Draymond Green. He could really facilitate. He can play great defense. But the one thing that he's got that Draymond never had, because, you know, it's fuck Draymond till the end. But Bam has got an amazing offensive game. He could score off the dribble. He can hit the outside shot. And he's really got good touch inside. So I think if Bam can continue to elevate his game, this Heat team can definitely, you know, be a force to reckon with in the next coming years. So quick question, where, where do you rank Bam as, as far as big men? I mean, he's got to be up there. And and like we've talked about, I know we say we always like we talked about, but, you know, we really do focus on these guys that we that we enjoy watching. And Bam's one of them. Uh, he's kind of evolutionary. I know we talked about Onyeka maybe being kind of like Bam. We haven't seen much of him, the, the rookie in the, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Bam's up there, man. I, Top three? Five. I, I feel comfortable probably saying seven because you really gotta you really gotta sit down and think about it. Cause at that point you're talking the Jokic's, you're talking about the Joel and Beads. I, I would really need to sit down and, and really put the list together. But I'd feel comfortable top seven. I think he could easily be edging into the top five for okay. sure. All right. All right. Well maybe we'll, we'll have to make that another segment. We'll 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 do some rankings here and, and we'll see where we put Bam as far as big men. Absolutely. So in this game, Katie actually did leave in the first quarter. Uh he's diagnosed with a thigh contusion. It was definitely rough because he came out eight quick, quick points in the first quarter, looking like he was gonna dominate this game. Uh got hit in the thigh and, and he just couldn't overcome it. So it was definitely tough to see. And I think the biggest question in the NBA really is gonna be health concerns moving forward. But for this Brooklyn Nets team specifically. Is there lack of health worrisome to you? Oh, definitely. I mean, you think, uh, you know, obviously we'll exclude Blake Griffin from, from the pieces added, but for all the pieces they have added, they have not played too many games together. You can kind of get away with it in the regular season when you just have, let's say, Harden and Kyrie were playing together for a while, um, you know, and you had two of these three guys out a lot. But when it comes playoff time, I, you know, I think you're going to start to see the fact that they didn't play as many games together as kind of being an issue with some chemistry when you get teams who can spend a day or two, you know, figuring out a scheme and how they're going to defend you. I really do think it's going to make a difference. Um, so I am a little bit worried that they're still missing this much time without having the big three together. Yeah, and I, I hear what you're saying. I think all three of these guys are super, superstars. So I think as long as they're healthy moving into the playoffs, I'm not super worried about chemistry because they can, they're all bucket getters, especially. So they don't really need to rely on each other to get buckets. I think defensively is where it really matters. I think they really need to dial in on their scheme if they're going to win a championship. So that, that will be the big part as far as their health concerns and really getting their guys out there as their defensive scheme. Offensively, I'm not too worried about it. 
Uh, I believe that they all will be healthy moving into the postseason. Forbid any, you know, serious injuries. But right now they're all just kind of lingering, lingering things that I can definitely see them getting over. I know James Harden is probably expected back within the next week. Kyrie's balling. And KD's thigh contusion doesn't sound like it's anything serious. So hopefully, you know, we're a week or, week or two away from, from seeing them all together on the court. I think it's going to be something special to see. Not happy it's the case. Uh, I think they're a little too superstar-esque. Uh, for the NBA, but I'm definitely going to be looking forward to kind of seeing what they can put on the floor each and every night. Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely excited to see, you know, when they can finally get all these pieces together with some consistency, what they can do, because they definitely are going to be scary. So I know we talked about the Jazz, but how good do you think the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz really, Utah Jazz really are? Jazz sitting at 42 and 15, best record in the NBA, and the Suns are right behind them, 40 and 16, with the second best record in the NBA. Both teams out of the, the West, you know, holding the one and two spots. But do you do you really think these teams are have got it going on like that? Um, so I would say I, I would take both teams out of LA in front of these two. But I think that's where I'm going to stop. I think these two are the third and fourth best teams out of the West. Um, obviously, you got some other guys you could mention. Uh, Mavericks, uh, Portland's a good team that comes to mind. But I'm going to go with third and fourth best teams in the West. I like to take, especially with Jamal Murray going down uh, for the Nuggets. That definitely kind of pulls them down towards the five. But, yeah, I definitely have the two L.A. teams just based off of their superstars. Uh, they take both of these teams on. Uh, I mean, the shock of the season has been the Phoenix Suns. Uh, nobody. If, if you say you expect them to be 40 and 16, 56 games in the season, uh, you're off the Rachel Nichols ganja pack. You're, you're lying. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to me. You're lying to everybody. But uh, I think the biggest question is when they do come in at that one and two, because it is likely that they will finish the regular season one and two. Is there going to be a chance that we see a one, eight, two, seven first round upset? Like you said, teams like the Mavericks, the Warriors, Grizzlies, Portland could all they could all see them in the first round. Uh, let's go ahead and go through those four teams quickly and can, can kind of discuss if we think that we can see an upset from any of those four teams. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with Warriors. No, um, like like we kind of talked about a little earlier, I could see Steph popping off, giving him a game or two, uh, assuming they make it in. Uh, that's about it for me. Grizzlies. I mean, I, I'm a big big guy on John Morant, big fan, but I just don't think they have enough where some of these teams are a little bit more well-rounded uh, top to bottom. You get into the Mavs and you get to Portland, I think those would actually be some pretty good playoff series. I could definitely see something crazy happening. Uh, so that's where I kind of draw the line where stuff really starts getting interesting for me. Yeah, I actually agree. I don't think the Warriors are good enough right now to take these two teams. Uh, Grizzlies are expected to get Jaron Jackson back finally at the latter end of this month. I think that could, you know, change things up on my opinion, but I want to see him get back before I'm kind of sitting on stone of that one. I think the Mavericks and Portland beat both of these teams in a seven-game series, to be honest. I think Luka is just too good, and I think Damian Lillard is just too good. You look at Phoenix Suns, you look at Utah Jazz. I mean, you're realistic, realistically looking at Devin Booker, who I'm taking Dame, I'm taking Dame over Devin Booker, and you look at the Utah Jazz, and I'm taking Luka over um, Donovan Mitchell. And I and I know it's a team-oriented game, but when you have these high, high-end superstars, they can really take over a series, and and that's what I would honestly expect. So I think the playoffs are going to be really, really exciting, and I don't think there's going to be a single easy series uh, on either division. So. That's definitely going to be something interesting to look at towards the uh, beginning of the postseason. Yeah, I agree. I definitely am the most excited for this playoffs this year, especially with what they're doing with the added play in games. And and you did mention earlier the East is definitely stronger than it has been. I mean, the West has been consistently strong. So I definitely am really, really excited to see what's going down this year. Yeah, so we have a new segment for you guys on today's podcast titled King of the Court. 
you know, it could be king of the field, king of the diamond, depending on what sport we're talking. But we will begin with a player and begin listing other similar position players that we will decide which player we believe is better. Uh, last player standing will be deemed king of the court. Today, we are going to start off with the point guard position. We're going to start off with Ja Morant. Let's go ahead and go down the list and, and see what we're thinking. All right. Uh, Colin Sexton. Ja Morant. All right. Uh, what about Murray? DeJounte Murray. Ja Morant. If at any point you disagree with me, feel free to you know voice your opinion. We, we no, could, we could. No, I, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, Lonzo Ball, John Morant, and I'm a big Lonzo guy. So that was I, John Morant. I you know I saw this one down here only third. I'm thinking, oh maybe he's gonna ride Lonzo for a little bit. But all right, you still like John Morant. All right, how about Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, John Morant, Mello Ball, Lamelo Ball. Wow. Wow. So I want to ask, are we seeing how they currently perform right now or what we see them being able to do? Excluding um, injury, obviously. But you're saying right now, Mellow Ball is a better player ooh, than John Morant. Ooh, I, might, right I, might have, I might have got myself in a little bit of trouble here. <laughs> I'm going to say Lamelo Ball. I think, his, oh, I think his impact is higher than John Morant. I think currently John Morant is more explosive and maybe a little bit better a scorer. But I've all around Mellow Ball, his upside to run a team, I'm going to Mellow Ball. All right. I, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to stay with John Moran. Okay. I think we'll both agree the next guy is going to be better. Oh, yeah. How about Trigger Trey Young? I'm going to go Trey Young over both of them. I agree totally. All right. Your guy, De'Arian Doge, DM Box. This, one, this one's a little tough for me, but it's actually not tough <laughs> because it's De'Arian Fox. All right. All right. So, all right. Fox or Kimball Walker? Uh, De'Arian Fox. Wow. That's easy. That's easy. I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to finish the whole, uh, the whole name. You're I lucky said you Kimba did. And you're you lucky you did. Right. Big Booty Lowry, Kyle Lowry. Hey, always respect to Big Booty Lowry, but we're going to go De'Aaron Fox. That's easy as well. All right. My guy, the bubble all-star, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Okay. Kyrie! I think De'Aaron Fox will take Kyrie in the next couple of years, but I'm going to have to go with Mr. Kyrie Irving. All right. I agree with you here. I agree with you here. Kyrie or Dame Dollar. That one's easy for me. Uh, it's Damian Kyrie. Lillard. Oh, no. oh wait. Hey, oh. you know, you oh. know, we love Kyrie, but Damian Lillard is my MVP this season. Has been my favorite player for the last seven or eight years. It's Damian Lillard easily. All right. Well, I'm a, I'm Team Kyrie here still. The man who can change any organization, Chris Paul. Damian Lillard. I, shout out to Chris Paul and what he's done in in Phoenix. But player for player, it's Damian Lillard. All right. I'm still with Kyrie over Chris Paul. The man who pats stats like no other, Russell Westbrook. Damian Lillard. That, yeah. I don't even know. How is Russ on this list? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should have put him a little further out. I don't, maybe a bit I don't know what he's doing here. But, uh, yeah, I'm still into Kyrie. All right. The greatest three-point shooter of all time, Stephen Curry. Mm. Mm. I think this is the big debate, right? I mean, you hear, you hear guys talk about this one, and most people are saying Steph, especially how he's playing right now. You you put me in a playoff series where it really counts. I'm gonna go Damian Lillard. Oh, man, I'm trying to think if I'm choosing between Steph and and Kyrie. To me, to I mean, obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna I think it goes Damian, Steph, Kyrie as far as those three go. So uh, to me, that's easy. To yeah, me, you're, you're a little far off, a little far fetched right now. I uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with Steph. Like I said, greatest three point shooter of all time. Uh, but it, it, it hurts me to to say that over over Kyrie for sure. All right, and kind of the last one, the only other big name we haven't mentioned is Luca. Yeah, Luca's a little weird because he's kind of like a point 
point forward, similar to LeBron. And obviously you put LeBron on this list and it's kind of over. So I think we'll see Luca again on another list uh, when we switch positions. But with that being said, I'm going to stay Damian Lillard as the best point guard king of the court. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Stephen Curry is my, is my king of the okay. court. So, I mean, that, that's, that's the consensus one too. Obviously I might be a little biased, because I'm a bigger Damian Lillard fan than I'm a Steph Curry fan, but I think Dame's the king of the court. You got Steph as the king of the court. That was our first take of a king of the court at point guard position. You could look forward to next week. I'm sure we'll uh, dive into another position, maybe another sport. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really interesting. And if you guys uh, have any different opinion on our take, please let us know at First Team All Podcast. We'd love to hear if anyone else disagrees with our take or likes one of our take better than the other. Uh, definitely shout us out, and we'd love to hear you guys' opinion. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The guy who really does not need any introduction, but we're going to give you one as well. The greatest human being in this podcast, maybe the world, King Mullet, the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Bush. Hey, far too kind, y'all, far too kind. Uh, thank you for having me, and I'm happy to be here. Of course, my guy, we've, we've wanted to get you on for some time. Uh, obviously, you're not super into basketball, football, baseball, so it's been kind of hard to fit you in, but we're definitely super excited to have you here tonight. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we definitely got some good topics for you. We actually got a list. If, if we bring something up that you don't want to talk about, you can just say you want to sit it out, but if something you want to dive into, just let us know and, and we'll move on into it. You ready? Absolutely. Let's get it rolling. All right. So the first one is, is Ryan cursed on the golf course? Absolutely. A thousand percent cursed. Would you, would you care to elaborate why, why you're cursed? Have you always been cursed or is it something that's kind of started recently? I would say it's very recent. Uh, I think when I wrecked that golf cart, just there was some ghost in that thing that's just haunting me every time I pick up a club. Have you considered making, you know, a golf sacrifice to the golf gods? Oh, I already did. I snapped the club. I don't, I don't know if that's the, the sacrifice that they're looking for. That's almost sacrilege. What, uh, what sacrifice are we talking? Oof. I don't know, Gary. You're a long-time golfer. What's, like, a respectable sacrifice to the golf gods that might get them out of this rut? Oh man, I think you're gonna have to play a whole round where every green you get onto, you fix a couple a couple divots. You know, if you make one, you clean up yours, another one. If you don't, you clean up a couple. I don't know. You're gonna have to do something to uplift the golf course spirits. Break, break the sand. Break the sand. You're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to pretend like you're at a private course. And you gotta do all the little things to, to uplift the golf spirits. Bro, we don't even got rakes anymore, and with how I'm playing right now. uh I ain't even hitting the green, so <laughs> we, we ain't got to worry about that one. So so, so back, back to where you said the curse started, started when you when you broke, broke the cart in Anchor Bay. Do you want to hop into that story? I know Garrett and I discussed that a little bit briefly a couple weeks ago. Is, it, is you want anything you want to talk about from that, uh, that, that weekend in Anchor Bay? I mean, it was just the time of my life until uh, 18th hole. We uh, It's tradition there where you uh, drink a beer hole after hole two, yes, I that. think it is. That's that. And by hole 18, I finally got a cart to myself. The person that I was riding in a cart with beforehand was going like five miles an hour, was going super slow. 
I look over and Emma's two cousins are just being lunatics in this thing, taking it off road, doing donuts and their cart. I don't know how, but it's going 20 miles per hour. And, um, I told my buddy or I told her cousin, I was like, yo, like we need to start doing that. Like, let's have some fun. And then, um, I got their cart because they ditched it cause it died. And, um, after that, it was just need for speed, most wanted. And, uh, tried Tokyo drifting around that tree and ended up like Vin Diesel getting hit by that train. Uh, I actually just, just talked to, um, moose about it the other day and his wife and they were telling me stuff and i don't remember anything after the crash i saw videos of myself and i think i either i think it both probably happened but i either had a concussion and i blacked out yeah that's a a deadly combo combo, man you're you're definitely definitely bound to not remember remember a single single thing thing if that was the case Uh, I mean, Uh, I've golfed with you before. before. I know you like to have a good time, so I buy into it 100% that you absolutely thought you were Vin Diesel and trying to take your drift. I second that totally. And I'm all for it, man. As long as at the end of the day, you're all right and no one else is here, bro. It sounds like a good-ass time. 100%. Y'all are coming with me one of these days. Yeah, dude, let's absolutely run it. We just got to get Garrett back out to California. I think that's going to be the hardest thing. I don't know. We got two of us out here. We might just have to get him to come out here and play golf with us in Texas. Hey, this summer it's happening. So, uh, so if that happens, my end of the deal is up. So now it's your your end. Um, I mean, mean, big bet. You get out here. We're playing golf. Okay, I get out there. We play golf. Then uh, you come here and we play golf at Sea Ranch, baby. We'll, we'll have to see what we can do. If I get out there, then I'm I'm down. We'll just have to see about that part. Uh, you know, I'm all down. I'm trying to convince, I'm trying to convince Garrett. Like we, we we definitely, definitely need to make a summer trip down there. I think the, the hardest thing is going to be convincing him to hop in a car and drive. And then it's at that point it's going to be like, how are we supposed to get our golf clubs back there? But you know, at some point I'll be back there, and my golf clubs will be back there, and I'm always down. So, absolutely. One memorable golf moment with Ryan. I, I, I drove back uh, for his birthday, and we went golfing on his birthday, and Ryan golfed a fantastic 94 and got three birdies. It was the craziest round of golf I've ever seen, and I've watched you play, Garrett, and, and you're a madman on the golf course. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if my best round, I had three birdies in a round, so Ryan, you might have already beat me in those birdies in a round. I'm not joking. I'm being dead ass. Like, I've, I've had some really good rounds, but I don't know if I've ever had three birdies in a round. Hey, like I... Like I said that day, I think there was something in the high noons, baby. I feel, and that was your that was your first birdie on your birthday, right? And then you ended up getting three. Yep. Yeah, that was the yeah, first mad time. Impressive. First time sub a hundred. So it was just a it was a birthday birthday blessing. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, I got that. I, 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 I was definitely really, really impressed with how you played. I hope I get to see some more of that golf next time we play together. Oh, hey, with how it's going, man, I'm going to be walking the course, and uh, I'm going to be <laughs> plus 200 out there, so. Yeah, after yeah, all after these, all uh, these uh, golf, cart golf cart destructions, maybe we should, we should you know, look you know, looking looking at you, like, like, a little push, push cart or something. <laughs> Get you an automated one, though. Yeah, I was about to say, I saw somebody with an automated one the other day, and I, I told myself I'm never walking a golf course, ever. But uh, you get me an automated one. I might just hop on that thing and leave my clubs. 
Yeah, high, yeah, high, high schoolers, schoolers and whoever else, else walk, walk the course, course carrying their own bags. bags. Is, they're insane, they're insane, man. It ain't worth it. it. Golf, golf's Golf fun, but fun, that ain't worth it. I remember those days. But uh, how about I got another one for you, right? Where is the best place to drop in Fortnite? Oh, we talking about some esports. All right. Um, I want to say Weeping Woods. That's always a good classic. But um, oh, it's, got, it's got real great gray uh, weapons there. All, <laughs> you can always count on that. Like, always the gray. And gray's the best. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's really hard between uh, Weeping and uh, Holly Hedges. Yeah, that's the that's, that's, that's that's yeah, not, not, not who's the goat of basketball, basketball, but what's the what's goat the drop, drop spot? spot? It's between Weeping Woods and Holly Hedges. They're both so good. So <laughs> but, uh, a secondary, a secondary question, question, Rise. Will you 1v1 build battle me? I'm challenging. Yeah, 100%. I'm looking at it right after this pod. I'm really looking forward to this battle. All right, well, you want to do like a best of seven? No, best of one. One. Best of Best one. Of oh, one. Oh, wow. boy. Kill. Kill. And if uh, and if I lose, I'm calling it a fluke, so then it's going to be best of three. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I see yeah, how you're going to do it. Do that's, it. Uh, that's, 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 that's interesting. interesting. I guess well, I just I have to beat you two times in a row and call it a day. I guess so. All right. Well, right, let's well, go ahead and get into the next topic and see if you want to hop into this. I know you're going to want to. Who would you say your favorite UFC fighter is? Oh, all time or like right now? How about you give me your all time first, first and then current? All right, all time. I'm at ooh, all time, bro. That's hard because you're even talking about the OG OGs. Um, this one's kind of y- y'all can call me whack or a bandwagon, but I'm gonna have to give it to the Bones man, man, John Bones. Jones, I believe that's carrots as well. well. And shit, it shit, might just it might be mine too. Mine so. so I'm over here doing the shmoney dance after I heard that. That was yeah. Jones is goaded. If that was if that the shmoney dance, dance uh, uh, we, need we, to, need to, we need to get you looked at. Oh shit! And you know what, dude? Um, Khabib, bro, that that's a hard one too. Khabib, Khabib is awesome. But can we, can um, we can maybe say Khabib's current? I know there's talks about him coming out of retirement. What are your thoughts on that? He he's not coming back. He's done. No he's way. Done. And I'm, yeah. I think I and I think I just saw something that like ensured his retirement. And I what, mean, what? hey, props to him. He, what is he? Twenty nine and zero. Yeah, he's twenty nine and zero. I think yeah, Dana White was trying to get him to come back to thirty. Yeah, because uh, wasn't he? He promised his mom uh, he wouldn't fight without his dad in his corner. Yeah, and yeah. then. Um, he promised his dad that he would get to 30. So, I mean, you choose mom over pops or pops over mom. That's a, well, well, that's a hard take. With pops, with gone, pops now, gone now, I feel like he's kind of got to roll with mom, mom and, and make, make sure, that sure that she's good. hundred percent agree. So, um, so cur- current it, but... UFC fighter though, dude, I gotta, I, I gotta give it to, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, man. I'm with it. A hundred percent. You, you sent me, me that one, one, one clip one of him, clip I'm pretty sure. sure. And I was all and for was it. All Dude's, for an, it. Dude's an animal, animal ring, ring. Easily, one, easily of one, of one of the most entertaining. And you know, when it comes, you know, to, when fighting, it comes to fighting, that's, that's really all that really matters, all that matters in my opinion. hundred percent. I, I, 
no doubt in my mind, if he continues to stay healthy and uh, keep fighting the way he is, he's going to be the next big, big face of uh, the UFC. Speaking, Speaking of, big, of faces, big faces, what stint, what stint would you say would you really say pushed, pushed UFC, UFC to the max? To the max. Would you say, would it, you was say it was Conor McGregor's, McGregor's stint or, or uh, Khabib's? Uh, Khabib's? Well, I mean, I feel like Khabib was a lot, not a lot, but a couple of years after the Conor McGregor train first uh, stationed there. So I, I would definitely say your your big name is going to be Conor McGregor and then his comeback and all that. But the thing about UFC is there's so many different change of faces that it's hard to get behind just one person. And Conor McGregor was that one person for a good period of time. And um, Khabib was that, I would say Khabib didn't get as much credit as he should have in the as being the face because Connor's that loud mouth, like look at me, flashy, like entertainer, like how you said. Khabib is all business, not a lot of talk unless you're in the ring while he's beating your ass, he'll talk to you. So I know so I, I know, know you and know Garrett you are a lot bigger UFC, UFC, you know, fans, fans than myself. myself. So, so I wanna hear so both of you guys' thoughts on this. Would it have been? Would it have been? I don't know how, don't know their, how weight their weight classes. Weight would it have been possible if we could get a prime Conor McGregor versus a prime, prime Khabib? Khabib? Is, was, is, is that even in the realm of possibilities, possibilities as far as weight classes, as classes, go? classes go? Yeah. So yeah, they so they actually did fight each other, but in their primes. Okay. So they did. So they did fight, but in their primes, because Conor was past his prime at that point. Okay. I'm giving it to Khabib, bro. Yeah, oh, no yeah, doubt. No I mean, they doubt. fought, they and, fought and, and Khabib mauled him. I think even in prime Conor, Conor Khabib was just a, a much better a fighter. fighter. And the reason he's 29 and 0. So I think any version of Conor that the UFC saw would have lost to So even during that stint where Conor McGregor was absolutely preserved for a solid year and a half, he was dominating first rounds of every match. You're saying Khabib steps in, he's still doing what he did to him towards the later part of his career. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, I agree. I, I think I, Connor Connor was very lethal on his feet. Uh, good good boxing, good kickboxing, but dude, Khabib is just an absolute animal when it comes to the ground game, and he's just built different. That man is that bred man is different. That man was wrestling bears, bears at three and four. Three and four. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, not, he's the, definitely guy not the guy you want to pop into, into, into at the club or the club bar or anything like that because. That's death on that's I don't death fade on, on sight. That's, that's, death, on that's sight. death on sight. And, and the wise and the words, wise it could words be, he will eat you in street fight. Street fight. <laughs> so, 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 you know, we kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. You mentioned it, but, but Texas Trip 2.0, what is one thing outside of us golfing that you want to make sure happens this time around? Um, Let's see, that I want to make happen. I don't know. I want to go, like, somewhere that I haven't seen. So, like, there's a lot of cool spots out in Texas. I know there is. Um, but I want to I wanna get out there and, like, see something. Okay, so. Okay, like, so- whether, it's, whether it's, like, a little, like, hike or if we go to, you know me, I like to fish. So, I would love to go find a nice little uh, fishing hole that I could pull out a five pound bass that would be amazing okay okay 
I'm thinking, I'm thinking, thinking maybe thinking we maybe make a trip make out, a of trip your out trip. of your trip. And maybe we go, maybe look, we go look Austin, Texas, or, you know, Katy, Texas, Dallas, Texas. We we kind of join you on discovering some of the new things that we have in Texas as well. So it's kind of all fresh for all of us. Hey, I'm with it. That sounds amazing. All right. Well, I mean, right, well, Garrett. Garrett's Garrett, looking at Garrett's two more weeks of school. I'm, I'm assuming you're probably what two or three as well. I mean, then it's summertime. Yeah, then it's summertime. So, so I mean, like I mean, you know, you know, you're welcome here. Whenever you can. I don't give a fuck what Garrett and Thomas had to say. You can come spend the whole summer out here if you wanted to. So whenever you're ready, dude, let's let's make it happen. Hey, I also have another request though. I don't want to be cuddling with Garrett next time. I want to be cuddling with the with Tommy this time. Hey, we can make hey, it happen. We can make it happen. I'm I'm sorry I'm, that I'm sorry that I'm sorry that I allowed you to have to to cuddle with Gary. It was very selfish of me, and I understand that can really hurt your feelings. Nah, it's all good. It's all right. I'm over here. I don't worry about being told I don't want to cuddle with anyone. Hey, you know what? It was it was good while it lasted. That's all I'm gonna say. Damn, make it seem like I didn't last that long or something. Hey, Garrett is hey, blessed Garrett with the California King bed. bed. Uh, so uh, I, th- I think so that was think that was the pure benefit of it. But Garrett is a snuggler, so it probably didn't feel like a, a California King to you. He was probably all up on you all night. Hey, me and Garrett are both Little Spoon men. And uh, so just take that into your mind. So, mm. so <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, I really, you know, I, I really start thinking about it, thinking and, about and, and, it and, and I feel like I, I need to stop. Wanted to join it. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I need to stop because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting tempted to join tempted you guys. To join you guys. <laughs> we got three little spoons. <laughs> we got three little spoons. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's leave let's, this. Let's leave Texas this. trip 2.0, 300% happening. 300% happening. Um, um, I also want to get out to California at some point this summer as well. Well. We're just gonna need to convince Garrett to, to join us, to join uh, us. Uh, so, so you know so, the trio so, could be out the trio on the course. Trying to do. And what's the over under on getting a Bjorn Osterford out here too? Zero, zero, oh, zero. Oh, zero. I wish it was higher. Six out of hundred. Six out of hundred. I wish it was higher. I wish it was higher. But I, this dude's getting invited to weddings, and I know his day off is very limited with how his work works. Work works. Work works. Work works. So I would say it's relatively low, but hey, man, it's definitely worth asking. You never know. You never know. But but he does have to go out there for his sister's wedding. True. I don't know how long he's gonna be out there for. So maybe we can look at that. We can look at that. True. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But at the end of the day, uh, I mean, the end of the day, we have a nice, nice generously large generously house, house here, here, and all of our pals of are our welcome pals to spend welcome the entire summer here. Cough, cough, elbow, elbow, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to all you listeners, to all you listeners. Yeah, I definitely want to see all the homies out here at some point because I'm a homie-oriented guy. I'm a homie-oriented guy. I love my, I love my heaters. I love my heaters and dugs. All right, Garrett, Garrett's got right, one Garrett's more, got one uh, more topic to ask for this section, then we'll get to the, the, we'll main, get to the event main event and what caused, and what us, caused us to get you on the podcast tonight. Hey, Ryan, we playing Xbox tonight? Okay, hey, right, we playing Xbox tonight? Oh, uh, 100p, just let me uh, finish my discussion boards, and then uh, I'll be on. Wow, dude, you wow. you took you a break from the discussion for us to join us on the podcast. This this is this, this is why this is why we speak so highly of you. So highly this is why we're not so far kind. It's just because it's who you are, man. Because it's who you are, man. Hey, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this. Keep thinking that, and that's 100 percent true. 
but this is also procrastination at its finest. I mean, oh, we've all been there. there. I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm high on not knowing how to find different ways to procrastinate. Well, let me bring it into the main event of this podcast and what all started having you join, Tom. You want to break it down for us? Yeah, man. So Saturday night, Jake, Paul, and Ben Askin had a boxing exhibition match. The whole the whole TV circus was horrible. So, you know, we're checking our streams just trying to get that one fight. But Jake Paul did knock Ben Askin out KO in the first round. And Gary and Ryan, what were you guys' thoughts? I know you guys have seen the clips. Seen the clips. Wait, what are you guys thinking? Wait, what are you guys thinking? Right, you want, I'll let you lead this Ryan, one off since you were pretty strong. You were pretty strong. You were texting back and forth today about it. Hey, are you sure you don't want to? You don't want to go first? Hey, it's all you. Hey, it's, it's all you. you. I'll find the middle ground. I'll find the middle ground between the two of you. All right. So my take on this whole Jake Paul uh, Ben Askren fight is that it was a it was a scam. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna take it away from Jake Paul. Jake Paul is in the best shape of his life. I'm not a Paul fan. I'm for sure not a Ben Askren fan. Um, but just just the whole lead up seemed a little fishy. Like you got Ben Askren, who's kind of washed, uh, retired from the UFC, um, was a champion at one point. So you know what? Good for him. Like he, he has that credibility. Um, I got a stats up right here. I mean, he he was done after the Masvidal fight, lasted Wait, five he seconds. And and Ben Askren is like the type of dude who thinks he's a Conor McGregor and talks like Conor McGregor, but he just ain't. And took a flying knee, uh, got knocked out, shut him the fuck up, and then he lost his next fight. He's he's just a washed fighter in my opinion. So. He's going into this fight with nothing to really lose nor gain. If he beats Jake Paul, it's going to be the same as if he loses to him. Uh, Jake Paul, on the other hand, has everything to gain from it. He is this celebrity, in my opinion, douche. Um, who, you know what? He He's a big dude. He could for sure knock me the fuck out. Um, but at the end of the day, like, he's trying to be – a credible boxer he's trying to get into that profession and into that sport and that field but he needed somebody who actually has fighting experience to to get that credibility and you know what he he got it like i said jake paul looked like he was in prime shape of his life you had ben Askren who looked like a fucking box of twinkies so <laughs> Like okay. the dude just looked okay. like a fucking goober. Okay, okay. So I have, okay, I have a couple okay. so I have, I have a couple disagreements and then questions on on your thoughts on, on it. On your thoughts. So let's start with so him having nothing to gain. Ben Askren, that is. Um. So yeah, you're um, right. His career, so yeah, right. boxing his career, career, fighting boxing career, career, fighting career, obviously towards the obviously end, towards on the his end. way out. On his way out. But to say he had nothing to gain to me is is out of pocket. And here's why. Because the majority of the people do think Jake Paul is a douche. And you know what? That's probably the truth. That's probably the truth. So him taking out Jake Paul gives him everything. What you got to know in today's society is clout is money. And if you would have been able to get in there and knock out Jake Paul, the one to take out Jake Paul, I mean, the money... The money, the fame, the notoriety, fame, like, the notoriety that's, like, that's that's there. And that's that, to me, in today's society, that's that's, that's society, really what's that's, important that's as far really as like important as far as like making money and making a name for yourself. Money and making a name for yourself. Yeah, that that's true, and that's huge too. Because if he knocks him out, I guarantee that 
the Logan train would kind of fall out and he wouldn't he wouldn't have a this chip on his shoulder. Yeah, so, so I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I, it, to to me, it, to, more to the me, world wanted than asking to win. In fact, probably ninety ten. So to me, so to me, get everything to gain as far as like as far as notoriety and things along that. Another thing is like when you mean to say the fight is rigged. Do you think that the punch didn't take him down, knock him out? Or are you saying that he was just willingly okay to be knocked out? Okay to be knocked out. So here's my thing on it is nobody nobody knows and we we were talking about this and you brought up like oh so like if that's the case then UFC and boxing is like rigged but it's just like for me I I I mean it's TikTok so how how reliable really is that not at all but um there was a there was an interview with uh, Ben Askren after the fight, and they asked him. They said, "Oh, what did you say to the ref?" And he was like, "I told him I'm okay." And he says that the ref looked at him, said, "No, you are not." And he goes, "Yes, I am. Let me fight." And then the ref said, "No, you're not. I'm calling it." And then called it. I think Jake Paul threw an amazing punch, like 100 percent that hurt him and dazed him. I just think with like seeing the pictures of how happy he was and not like upset and all that stuff. Like if just like how you said he had everything to gain with his notoriety and like clout and all that, like he should not have been that happy. Well, part of me is like, well, part of me is like he had nothing to lose because his, his career is over regardless. Over. So he made the money, like so win, lose, he's, like, he's still win, making that money. If he wins, he's, he potentially has a future of clout and money. If he loses, he still wins that money and his career is over. So to me, he had nothing to lose and everything to gain where Jake Paul realistically had everything to lose. So, yeah, I mean, so I just, I just think with the whole, Ben Askren thing like dude Ben Ask so like Jake Paul is a YouTube celebrity like I I don't want to call him an icon but like you can consider him an icon like um Ben Askren even said it in an interview he said well like oh well he's a celebrity I'm a minor celebrity so Ben Askren if he wins yeah he might get some talk like here and there but it, it's not going to put him back into the UFC. It's not going to put him back in Bellator or any fighting. And it's not going to – he's not going to get a whole bunch of money throughout the the years because of this fight. But I don't know. Jake Paul, I, don't, but I don't know. I don't know I don't, if I agree because I maybe he knocks out Jake Paul. knocks out Jake and Paul. Jake Paul's and older, more Paul's famous older, brother, Logan famous Paul, brother, you know, Logan takes that personal. Brother, and, and, and now that's a huge pay-per-view. I don't know. I don't know. To me, I think it, it, to me, where I think our it, argument it, is where really at is whether or not is fights whether or not are rigged. Fights are I think rigged. you either believe that that fight's rigged, and if you do, then you believe that a lot of UFC and boxing is rigged. Otherwise, I think the Otherwise, best way to look at it is just that it's authentic. You can't pick and choose kind of what you think is rigged and what's not, because there's always going to be a narrative in all sports, especially fighting. They're always going to be pushing a name. There's always going to be pushing you know, the fame to a certain guy, because that's how the sport goes. We saw that with Floyd. We saw that with Conor McGregor. I mean, you've seen that yeah, it's, in the history of the sport. Through the history of the sport. It's the agenda uh, of the, the business. Like, the UFC, Dana White, like, we've talked about this before, and, like, I, I low-key do think that UFC and boxing is rigged to some extent because you have uh, 
like let's say this so sugar sean before he got injured uh dana white was babying sugar sean like he was giving him fights in my opinion that he he had very high hopes that sean o'malley is gonna win conor mcgregor all these all these big names like they kind of get babied and then they get that they get the clout they get the the name and the face underneath them and that entertaining factor and then they start getting some bigger fights but it's just like even in boxing that happens but i feel like at the end of the day you have no clue what's really going to happen in those fights because you have somebody like last night uh kelvin gaslam ranked eight is fighting whitaker and gets his ass beat but like that that's supposed to like in my mind that's supposed to happen but you because it's almost like a picked fight but at the end of the day like Kelvin Gaslam could have knocked him out in one punch and it would have just been like yo what the fuck just happened yeah so yeah so I mean I definitely do think that UFC and boxing can be rigged to extent like picking your fights but at the end of the day, like all it takes is one punch, like what Jake Paul threw, but I don't know. It's just for me it's a little different because it's a celebrity fighting. It's not necessarily like a fighter fighting. Where yeah, I, think, I think Jake Paul's hey, a fighter. I think, I think Jake Paul's a fighter though. I think I think he's definitely made think, a name for himself. I think he's definitely made I mean, a name for himself. I mean, boxing full time. Boxing full time. I don't even know if he really does YouTube really anymore. Does YouTube and and anymore. one final point and, and on the one Jake, final Paul point Askin, on Jake Paul Ben uh, fight is I do have a clip. Uh, I'll send both of you guys after the podcast. And, and I know he says after he got up after being knocked out that he was telling the ref that he was good. But as you can see in the clip that I'll send you, he gets up immediately, stumbles back onto the net. The ref's talking to him, pulling him, and he's continuing to stumble, continuing to stumble. The ref's like, hold on, steps back and says, come to me. And he's got he's got no control of his legs, man. His arms are down and he's, his arms are down. he's waddling towards the ref. He lets that fight continue. He lets that fight continue. Okay, yeah. We get okay, to see yeah. another punch to the head, he but he's going straight back down. He, he, he was down. done. He, he, was he was knocked out. I think it was the he correct was knocked call. Out. I think it was the correct um, and once you see this video, I think um, there's a good chance video, that you might agree that he was knocked out. Whether or not he agreed to be knocked out or whatever the situation was, he was It was not called to It was not called I mean, unless you want to see someone be brutally knocked out in one fight. So my thing is, is check Congo. Um, I I can't tell you who he fought, and I can't tell you when he fought, but y'all look this up. It's insane. Um, the man gets flat backed. His arms go down by his side. Like he he got he got dropped. He got knocked out. Ref doesn't call it yet, and um, he gets up. He starts wrestling with the dude. I I think he's still knocked out. I think he's sort of unconscious. He gets dropped again, still scrambling around, gets dropped again, still scrambles around, gets on top of the dude who has dropped him three times now, throws a haymaker and knocks him out. So, I mean, this dude got dropped three times. It should have been called, but he came back and he won that fight. So that's all. I mean, 
I hear what you're saying, and I and I, I think in like a realistic I, UFC like a realistic fight UFC setting, I think they're a little bit more lenient on what they let go and how they let the fight continue. But this, we got to remember, this was early in the first round. That means he would have had to recover, and he he wasn't going to recover. He was two. It's an expedition fight. It's an expedition fight. I'm sure neither of them neither want to have serious want to have. Serious, you know, lasting CT you know, lasting because he gets CTE knocked out twice in one gets fight. Knocked out twice in one. And fight. at the end of the day, it, it wasn't maybe as serious as a UFC title fight or a boxing title fight. It was just kind of an exposition. They both made their money. Jake Paul knocked them the fuck out. Jake Paul knocked them the fuck out. You know, they go their separate ways. They both get their bag. At the end of the day, it doesn't hurt Ben Askren. It doesn't hurt Ben Askren. To be fair, people are still going to have the doubts about Jake Paul. So it doesn't really do all that much. It doesn't really do all that much as well. That's true. Well, Ryan. We uh, well, Brian, both appreciate we, uh, you for joining us. We're definitely gonna have to hop uh, on another hop, podcast and do this again. Uh, Maybe we can do like a Maybe we can do like a real life day to day type pod. We could just hop on and chit chat. I know the three of us talk a lot. I know the three of us talk a lot. So I'd love nothing more, brothers. All right. Well, as you alluded to, we will be playing some Xbox later after you finish your discussion board. Uh, we will get the one v one of Garrett and Ryan. Uh, we'll let you guys know who uh, won we'll that next week on the podcast. Next week on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, we appreciate everyone for listening. One love, one love, peace. Hey, thank peace. y'all for having me Thanks, again. Ryan.